Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the front groups propping up the left's defenses of Obamacare, Planned Parenthood's labor practices come under scrutiny, and Washington continues its biennial tradition, defeated and retired congressmen hanging around town, this time in the influence industry. As Obamacare sits in legal limbo after a federal district court held that recent changes to the tax code made Chief Justice John Roberts' saving switch no longer valid, Capital Research Center has revealed two front group coalitions, which sought to defeat repeal of the program and sign people up for Obamacare plans, protect our care, and get America covered. Both organizations have ties to the original architects of Obamacare in the Obama administration and Healthcare for America Now, the coalition that spent a reported $48 million supporting the passage of the law in 2010. For its part, Protect Our Care campaigned aggressively for Democratic candidates in the 2018 midterm elections, accusing Republicans of, quote, waging war on health care. That's not surprising. Protect Our Care is led by Brad Woodhouse, a veteran of HCAN, he was on the steering committee, who is a longtime labor union and left-wing political operative. Prior to joining Protect Our Care, Woodhouse led the controversial Democratic opposition research group American Bridge, part of the Broctopus discussed on episode 11 of the podcast, a network of advocacy organizations associated with controversial activist David Brock. Woodhouse has also worked for Americans United for Change, a controversial labor union-backed advocacy group, and a number of Democratic Party political committees. Protect Our Care itself is a front for the $8.6 million 1630 Fund, a sponsor of a number of left-wing advocacy projects, among them liberal judicial advocacy group Demand Justice, which campaigned against the nomination of now-Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and Not One Penny, an advocacy group which opposed the 2017 tax reform package. Get America Covered has its own ties to the professional left, perhaps most notably Lori Lodes, one of the co-founders of the project. She has also been associated with Protect Our Care. In addition to past work with the Clinton 2016 campaign, the Service Employees International Labor Union, and the Democratic Party establishment-aligned think tank, the Center for American Progress. For its part, Get America Covered itself appears to have been associated with the project incubator Hopewell Fund. Both Hopewell Fund and 1630 Fund are associated with a left-wing financial consultancy, Arabella Advisors, which was founded by Eric Kessler a Clinton administration alumnus and a longtime staffer for the environmentalist campaign group League of Conservation Voters. Before the political world was rocked by a number of Trump administration personnel changes and a half-baked government shutdown over the holiday period, the New York Times, of all places, released a deep-dive report into the employment and labor practices of Planned Parenthood. The article, based on interviews with former Planned Parenthood network employees and organizers with the Office and Professional Employees International Union, the OPEIU, which represents some Planned Parenthood workers, the Times found a number of examples of Planned Parenthood clinics allegedly failing to adequately support pregnant workers. In one irony, Planned Parenthood's national lobbying arm, the Planned Parenthood Action Fund, or PPAF, advocates for a federal paid maternity leave mandate. Meanwhile, 49 of 55 Planned Parenthood regional offices fail to provide paid maternity leave to their employees. Times reported that a former hiring manager at a Planned Parenthood in California said that when internal promotions were considered, supervisors would debate whether candidates were likely to get pregnant in the near future, and they allegedly preferred those who were not. According to the Times, they declined to hire one pregnant woman and declined to promote a new mother, according to an employee interviewed by the Times. Under the Federal Pregnancy Discrimination Act, 
it is illegal to consider whether a job candidate is or will become pregnant, the Times reported. Carolina Delgado, a former Miami Planned Parenthood worker interviewed by the newspaper, told the Times, quote, It was looked down upon for you to get pregnant. I don't think any supervisor had to literally say it for us to feel it, close quote. Despite Planned Parenthood's rhetorical support of and financial support from the broader labor union movement, this isn't the first time the pro-abortion advocacy group and network of abortion clinics and other reproductive health centers has faced criticism for its labor practices. In 2018, a Planned Parenthood clinic in Colorado fought a unionization effort by the Service Employees International Union Local 105, which must have been awkward since SEIU National Headquarters gave $20,000 to the national lobbying arm of Planned Parenthood in 2017. Planned Parenthood Federation of America, the national convening, contracts with Grassroots Campaigns Incorporated, or GCI, a canvassing contractor associated with the left-wing activist Public Interest Network. GCI has been criticized for its labor practices, with allegations that the vendor improperly attempted to prevent the unionization of its offices in Seattle and New Orleans. And PPFA is hardly the only left-wing outfit to fail to live up to the left-wing's labor and employment policy demands. Perhaps most amusingly, the Washington Free Beacon surfaced a job posting for a left-wing blog, quote, Who, What, Why, which sought, quote, a mid-senior level managing editor for a, quote, part-time position requiring consistent hours and long-term commitment. The position was unpaid. And as the 116th Congress takes office this week, a number of now ex-congressmen are in need of new jobs. And if the casualties of the 115th Congress are anything like their predecessors, the influence industry— Lobbying and legal services, advocacy groups, and think tanks will come calling with big paychecks to dangle in front of the defeated and disillusioned. Former Representative Lynn Jenkins, a Kansas Republican, didn't even wait for the end of her term to form a political consultancy. Read, a lobbying firm, effective when Jenkins' post-congressional lobbying bar expires. LJ Strategies. Former Representative Trey Gowdy joined a South Carolina law firm, Nelson Mullins, Riley, and Scarborough, which happens to engage in lobbying and government relations. While these two are Republicans, and most participants in what commentator Tim Carney calls the great 2018 cash-out will be Republicans, since more Republicans retired or lost their seats in 2018, the practice is historically bipartisan. Earl Pomeroy, a North Dakota Democrat who lost his seat after the 2010 elections, signed on with lobbying firm Alston Byrd two days after leaving office in 2011. According to Carney, if former Speaker Paul Ryan were not to become a lobbyist, he would be the first ex-speaker to have left Congress and resisted the K Street temptation since Jim Wright, who had resigned amid scandal in 1989. While Newt Gingrich never registered to lobby, he engaged in lobbying work after retiring from Congress after the 1998 elections. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week. <laughs>